everyone, welcome to another edition of the Final Down <laughs> NFL Podcast. With me, Jim, and Denver Dave, we're talking about the NFL Draft. Dave, how are we doing, man? Uh, can you call me Pittsburgh, Dave, from now on, please? I will not, not Denver ever Dave. call you Pittsburgh. I'll not sully the name <laughs> Pittsburgh. <laughs> you are not invited. Um, what, a, what, a, what a night. Seven trade-ups, six wide receivers, yeah. five tackles, five cornerbacks, three guards, three safeties, two linebackers, one quarterback, and a guy from Chattanooga. What, what a day. <laughs> <laughs> I actually stayed up to watch it all, so I got to bed at five o'clock. I've had two hours sleep. Dave, you woke up over early. No, and no, no. Uh, I, stayed, finished, right? I stayed up as well. Don't don't oh, on it. No, I didn't. Oh, I went to bed and wake up early. Babe, I'm on child that, kid you know tomorrow. How I, I couldn't. You know how I know there's no way you did that? It's because if you had been awake yeah. when pick 20 came the in, would I would have not heard the end of it. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I woke up this morning. I'm on child care duty tomorrow, so I have to have my wits about me. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's only 18 months old. He's already faster than me. Um, <laughs> yeah, basically, I, I got up very, very early, threw my phone to one side of the room and just watched it live. Didn't fast forward, so... Yeah, I was watching it as though it was come in just a couple of hours late. Um, nothing wrong with that. I'd rather be late to the party than do what the Patriots did, put it that way. <laughs> well, you know, just because we don't know about him doesn't mean that... Uh, no, I've seen him play. Good. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, uh, we're going to go through some of the highlights then of the of the first round. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about that one quarterback that uh, got taken. Um we did pretty well with our mock draft. Obviously, you know, it's like shooting fish in the barrel, but without yeah. having that that guaranteed number one uh, quarterback uh, taken for in, in the number one spot, there was always that that kind of up in the air, is this going to be Trayvon Walker? Is this going to be Aiden Hutchinson? Oh. We were right. It was Trayvon Walker. The upside is is there that you don't have in, in Hutchinson. Yeah. And uh, the Jags took it. What I found going through look, looking at what we did against it, what actually happened, mm. um, there were times when we were off, so we didn't get it bang on, but we got the position group absolutely spot on. Mm. So we might have gone for the wrong wide receiver or it might have gone for the wrong quarterback or something like that. But yeah. we got the position. It's like we got, um, instead of uh, Evan Evan Neal, we got uh, Iki Okwano instead or vice yeah. versa. Yeah. Um, but so as far as I'm concerned, we hit on the vast majority. I think there weren't too many. We were way off. There were a few. We were, we were way off. There, there were a few surprises. It's always with the number of with the number of trades that we had as well um, in this first round. The seven trades, which affected, um, I think it was 16 picks in total or something mm-hmm. stupid like that. Mm-hmm. Or that might be in the first two rounds. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, a lot of picks changed hands and a couple of picks changed hands multiple times as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, to be still where we were, I thought, I thought we did it all right. We did it all right. Punk was, you know, just picking based on what we said. <laughs> and, of course, I don't know if you got the impression, Dave, but when I was watching the first, like, six or seven picks, it was like, I don't really mind which one you get because any of these players will improve those, those teams. So it was like, I think okay, it, Derek it, has gone three, but he could have gone four or five or six, and it still would have been, yeah, you're right to be picked that high up. You, you can't really yeah. fail with that pick. Um, without jumping ahead, the I think let's let's start at one rather than jumping here, there, and everywhere. But let's start at one. So we we predicted we were seemingly the only ones. There was a lot of people. Ah, the there was that was to Aiden Hutchinson. Some... Let's let's take all the credit. <laughs> um, but no, we we said that Trayvon Walker was. Um, was the obvious pick and I think the Jags agree whether that's a good thing or a bad thing I don't know 
Um, if they both come in and if they, I'm saying they, Aiden Hutchinson and Trayvon Walker come in and both perform as expected, then it's probably the wrong pick because on a par where they are now, Aiden Hutchinson is the better player as in what they've done in college. But Trayvon Walker's actual potential and his ceiling is so much higher. Mm. Um, so it, for me, it feels like the right move. It absolutely feels like the right move. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Um, Michigan, Michigan, uh, Detroit Lions in Michigan didn't take the chance to take uh, Malik Willis. They instead took the local boy, Aiden Hutchinson, with the second pick. And then Houston Texans kind of... L- curveball this one by taking Derek Stingley at three overall. Now he is good enough to be picked that high. No one's questioning his talent. You are taking a flyer on his health. Um, It's just a shame that you missed out on that last year and the year before all of his teammates had disappeared. So, you know, I don't hold the the stats against him. 2019 was that year where we saw proper Derek Stingley. Um, And he was phenomenal. He is good enough to have been number one overall pick by mm. some distance, if you'd have repeated his 2019 2020 year. Just hope that he manages to fulfill that in, in Houston. Uh, and I, then... I, it's the pick I would have made. I would have picked him over um, Ahmed Gardner. I'm, I know you I'm don't like him. Like <laughs> it's not that I don't like him. I think he's a really, really talented player. I think he's a really talented player. Mm-hmm. I just think that Stingley, it's again, it's ceiling. Yeah. If you can keep um, Derek Stingley fit, you're going to get nine years of a potential first or second team all pro every year. He's that good. His coverage, his ability to be able to read the game, everything about him is that good. But source is the definition of a shutdown corner, isn't he? Because no one would throw his way. He didn't give up a touchdown in college. Okay. And look who he was playing against for the majority of it. He didn't give a touchdown. He was playing against good teams. Derek Stingley was playing in the SEC. What mm-hmm. what division does Armour Gardner play in? Look, you can keep saying you can keep throwing helmets at people, but you know we're not going to do a Miles Garrett here, right? We're going to we're going to be fair to these players. You can't com- you can't compare the level of opposition the two guys were playing in. One guy yeah. plays Bama twice a year, another guy plays. But then Stingley didn't Minnesota. have a good 2020. So, oh no, because Look. he was carrying an injury. We're going to move on both of them. I still think it was a great pickup for the Jets. It was the sensible pick as well because those were the two consensus best uh, cornerbacks in the draft. So if you don't pick him there, you ain't going to get him by the time of your next pick at 10. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau was the first New York Giant. That was a little bit weird. I thought we could have got him a bit lower down because that meant that then the Panthers took Ikea Kwanu at six overall. They didn't uh, panic and take a quarterback. When we did our mock draft we took uh Kayvon Thibodeau I I suggested we take Kayvon Thibodeau and yeah. Punk agreed and the reason I said that is I, I think exactly what happened in real life they got to the point where they had five and both of the tackles they liked Evan Neal and Sticky Icky were both on the board mm-hmm. so they go okay well let's take Kayvon Thibodeau and we'll have one of those two guys left over it doesn't matter which one we're happy with either um and that's exactly what happened and then the Panthers come in and take um, Iki Aquanu, and then um, the, the Giants are left with Evan Neal. Now, as a consolation prize, Evan Neal is probably the greatest consolation prize you can have. <laughs> yeah. We had it the other way around with Neal going to the Panthers. Yeah. But it, I think that's exactly the way it worked out. When um, Gardner went to the Jets, I think the Giants just kind of went, okay, let's get KT, and then 
you know, whichever tackle falls, we'll go for that one. It kind of, I think they would have gone for, for Gardner anyway. Um, when it, with, yeah, when I was thinking about those three picks because I didn't agree that they should have taken Thibodeau before their tackle because you're then waiting for whatever the Panthers do and just taking the other guy. Um, and when I was talking, when I was pitching Evan Neal to the Panthers, I was thinking about protecting Sam Darnold and giving him that time. Where what mm-hmm. Ikwanu does, what I should have also been thinking about was getting that run game going. Christian McCaffrey should be the, the fulcrum of that offense for the Panthers. And Ikwanu is amazing in the run game. Evan Neal's superior in the pass, pass protection, but Ikwanu can open up massive lanes for for McCaffrey to run through. So I can completely understand what the Panthers have done there in taking Iquanu over Neil. And it, it works out perfectly for the Giants because they've got someone there that can protect Daniel Jones on the right side because they've got Andrew Thomas there on the left. Evan Neil can play right yeah. tackle just as easily. Um, so they've they've covered that off. So it, it's worked out for both teams perfectly, I, I believe. And and they've got Kayvon Thibodeau as well. Yeah, if I they think they could have got him at that point, if, if, if they would have taken... Say they would have taken Icky Juanu at, at five. There's a good chance the Panthers may have taken Kevon Thibodeau at six or traded out. Mm, I That's the issue. So. We'll, we'll never Maybe know. Maybe not, but why, we'll take, why take that chance? We'll never know. Uh, the Falcons took Drake London at nine. That's one of your boys. Yep. Um, not no, I like, I like Drake London. Wide receiver, but uh, yeah, he's I definitely. Think an, I don't think there's an pits. enormous amount in it. With him um, appears, that's going to be something for uh, Mario to throw out at least. And yeah, any, anyone who he is essentially Julio Jones, but just not as explosive, basically body wise and ability to catch. He's, he's basically Julio Jones, so it is it's the perfect. He's more fit. of a Mike Evans in terms of physique, I think. But yeah, um, still, I mean, possession was still not, not an enormous amount in it. But yeah, that was the guy I suggested as well, and that's where they went. And it, it just makes perfect sense. It's it's the absolute perfect pick. Same as the next one. Um, again, I suggested Charles Cross. That's what we took. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Seahawks come away with uh, someone who can protect their all-star quarterback, Drew Luck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Seattle. What have you done? I know. Uh, the Jets then took Garrett Wilson. Um, again, you, you need to do something in terms of more wide receivers there. So that just makes absolute sense from Ohio State. And then when, Ohio State when goes, we did our mark, yeah. When we did our mark, we so I had uh, Drake London going to the Falcons, but Punk took Wilson. So we took London later on. I think yeah. it would have just been the other way around if we did our mark. So yeah. for me, I'll count that one as a correct. If you like, mate. But so, you know, <laughs> Wilson's better, I think, than Drake London. Um, so he's gone to the Jets. Another Ohio State went in the very next pick, New Orleans. They moved up. That was the first trade up of the night. Um, so Washington was sat there, probably hoping that Derek Stingley would have fallen to them at, uh, at 12. Um, sorry, 11. He did not. So um, the Saints moved up. They gave up the 16th, 98th, and 128th, 120th pick to take Chris Olave, who I rec- I suggested was like the n- ultimate number two guy of your, of your wide receivers. He's the, the best Robin you'll get. And Saints need more wide receiver help, let's face it. And yeah. They were sitting I mean, there they, at 16 can... going, there's no way they're, they're going to land it. I mean, if, if Michael Thomas comes out of retirement and actually wants to play and has that appetite again, then um, Thomas and Olave as a one-two is is pretty dynamic. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that, especially with the throwing ability of James Winston. I know that we sort of have a bit of a laugh about it, but Olave is going to stretch the field and make it longer. And, you know, Michael Thomas lives in the slot, so it is the perfect partnership. 
I think I just got confused between Vikings and Washington because both of them were probably looking for a cornerback. Washington was at 11. They moved out for the Saints. And then the Vikings moved out at 12 for the Lions, who came up. They gave up the 32nd, 34th, and 66th pick, but they also gave up their 46th to take Jamison Williams, the wide receiver from Alabama, the consensus speed guy in the draft, um, can take the top off. So there's another option there for Jared Goff. Number one yeah, I mean this. This is purely because there was the run on wide receivers started happening. You had That's Drake right. London going, um, uh, Garrett Wilson going with a tackle sandwiched in between them, and then Chris Olave. So you've got the three, three in three in four picks. You've got three top guys going. Mm-hmm. So then the Lions thinking, okay, well we were hoping one of these guys were going to fall to us. We're just going to have to make a move. Yeah, um, I love the fact everyone thought they were going for a quarterback, and everyone got really excited. <laughs> and then when it came up. Um, Everyone was sort of like, whoa, why has that happened? I'm like, really? That, that's kind of literally <laughs> what I draft? was expecting to hear. Yeah, <laughs> three of the top four receivers were taken in the last four picks. Why would they not do this? It makes mm-hmm. perfect sense. Um, especially ahead of the Eagles, who we were all expecting to take a wide receiver. Yes. It literally and... made it made perfect sense. Yeah. And the Eagles still moved up. They took the, the 13th pick off the Texans. Um, yep. For the 15th, the 124th, 162nd, and 166th. So that's part of the um, the Deshaun Watson pullback there in terms of picks. So they moved up a couple of places and they got an absolute stud in Jordan Davis from uh, from Georgia, the defensive tackle. There's not much more you can say about this guy. He is the up. He he's going to it's perfect place for him because of Fletcher Cox. He reminds me yep. so much of Fletcher Cox, and he's got the perfect mentor there to to take over basically it's, it, I think he's it's a great move utter, utter monster he's a machine yeah. Um, and yeah he, he's one of those when when I go back to looking at one of the reasons um, the Eagles won the Super Bowl the Super Bowl they did, they did it's because they had two defensive lines that they could bring in at any one point mm-hmm. and by the end of the game the, the offensive line that was against them was knackered because you're constantly facing fresh pass rushers constantly and with Jordan Davis who's a three down interior rusher who will go all day long you'll need to double team him you'll need to double team him and you'll need to double team him on every single down which means you'll effectively be able to bring in new guys around him all of the time who are going to be fresh this this effectively gives them a double line Mm. and it's exactly the same as what happened last season with the Bengals the Bengals had multiple pass rushing pass rushing units that they could bring in and take out um which, which really, really helped. So, I, you know, it wouldn't be this podcast if I didn't say this, but the Eagles just need to find themselves a quarterback now. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> well done, Dave. You managed to get it in there. Uh, 14th, 14th pick was the Ravens. They took Carl Hamilton, safety from Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Good fit. It is good fit. I mean, it's ridiculous that some people go, no, you know, having him go five. Um, <laughs> we had him went. We had him go further down just because we forgot about him. Literally because we forgot. And I didn't rate but him it, highly anyway. But uh, it's, a, it's a good fit. Middle first round. I think he's a bit of a playmaker, and he'll 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 take he'll, out Pat Fryermuth and David Njoku and whoever the Bengals have at tight end. You know, that's that's his job is to to cut out that that big tight end through over be, the middle. He'll definitely be more effective in nickel and dime packages when he's not going to have a huge amounts of open space to have to cover and when he can just mm-hmm. focus down and really go against one man whether it be a slot tight end or a, a, an outside zone player so that for me is the perfect perfect fit because you know you've you've not got a huge amount of big body wide receivers in 
mm. in your division. Um, he's not coming up against speedsters like Tyreek Hill, where he's going to have to cover those as well. So I think he's probably a good pick for the uh, uh, for the Ravens. Yeah. Uh, then we've got the, the Houston Texans who had moved down a couple of spots with the Eagles. They took the first official guard in Kenyon Green from Texas A&M. Another good pick up for them. Need help across the line. So yeah, their uh, line has been crap for a while. Yeah. And Kenyon Green's just going to get better and better playing, you know, awesome. playing, playing left guard. So yeah. the, the left side of their offensive line is now absolutely sorted with Laramie Tunsil at left tackle, as long as he can stay fit. The second team that moved down, the Commanders, were sat there at 16. They took Jahan Dotson, wide receiver at Penn State. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I thought he was a second-round talent, to be honest. But uh, I like I they, did, they needed someone, right? I, I like Dotson. I think he's, a, he's the perfect complement for what they already have in the wide receiver room because he's that guy who's going to you know pick it short and he's going to be the safety blanket for Carson Wentz so he's not going to be a guy who's burning down mm. the field taking 60 odd bombs he's going to be right you 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 are not allowed to be more than 30 yards away from Carson Wentz at any one point you have to stay close to him and he is your go to number 3 so you go through your progressions go through one go through two McLaurin. where's Dotson yeah. that's literally what you need to do Mm-hmm. So, and you have to stay in that position because as soon as he gets the ball, he will create room and he'll create yards after the catch just purely by his speed and his uh, evasiveness. So I think he was the right pick. The one thing I will say is I bet the commanders were absolutely bricking it when the Texans were on the board thinking, well, there's a wide receiver we want to pick on, so we're going to have to look <laughs> at Traylon Burks. Um, but yeah. Dotson fell into their lap and I think they'd have been punching the air. Mm. Um, not a big surprise for the Chargers. They took a guard, Zion Johnson from Boston College. I get, bet the uh, Bucks weren't happy about that. But yeah, he went and he went at 17. So yeah, good move for them there. They still need to sort out their run defense, but uh, at least they're, they're protecting Justin Herbert. I'm, I'm glad they way. haven't. I'm glad they haven't. <laughs> I'm sure they'll do something later on. So then you've got the Tennessee Titans moving up from the Eagles, who had previously got that pick out of the, the Saints. Um not for draft picks, but actually for a player. AJ Brown, let's face it, yeah. the, the one really good wide receiver for the Titans was shifted over to the Eagles um, and the 101st pick as well. So the Titans could take Traylon Burks from Arkansas at wide receiver, who is very similar to AJ Brown, but yep. markedly cheaper than AJ Brown. Yes. And the reason they did this is because of Ryan Tannehill and Derek mm. Henry. Yeah, um, because they've got such big contracts, and it's also the reason they've had to get rid of player, you know, players like Jackson. Uh, Previous, you know, a lot of players who they would have wanted to keep, but they've got mm-hmm. an expensive quarterback, they've got an expensive running back, and it meant they couldn't agree terms with AJ Brown. AJ Brown moves to the Eagles and immediately agrees a four-year, one hundred million dollar deal with I think fifty-seven fully guaranteed. Yeah, I think that's what it was showing, um, and they were saying this is this was done days ago. They were just waiting to yeah. make sure that Jalen Burks was still there before they finalized it. Um, although I may agree with, no, I may understand what uh, the Titans have done here. I'm not sure I completely agree with it. I mean, this is a guy who they drafted in. He's been nothing but but amazing since he's come into the league. And there's got to be a, a time when you actually go, yeah, you know, we should reward you with a better a second contract and not just kind of ship them on and get the next lot in. It feels, um, I don't know, it just feels a bit grubby to me. Where's the loyalty? It's a business, you know, it's, I think it's, it works for everyone right now. If um, AJ Brown stays fit and continues to do what he's doing, it's a win for the Eagles. If uh, 
Traylon Burks can come in and you know be the wide receiver that we expect him to be, it's a win for the Titans. Everybody's a winner. Mm. There's nothing wrong with that because the Titans are essentially going to get someone who can get just as much value um, and so just as much production on the field and get in for four years for not much money. So they're, they're saving a huge amount. It means they're going to be able to keep hold of the stellar players that they've already got. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously the Saints had the second pick in the first round. They'd have to give it that up as well to move up for Chris Olave. So they were able to take Trevor Penning, offensive tackle from Northern Iowa. Now, now yeah. this is this is an interesting thing. Hmm. I'm not a massive Trevor Penning fan. Me neither. I think he's one of those guys where if you can keep him upright with a tight end next to him, it'll be good. It'll be fine. It'll be all right. Um, if you put him against a, a sort of shifty pass rusher who can get round, the finesse pass rusher, he's going to really struggle. Um, my comp for him is Nate Solder, and I don't think that's unfair. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, Yeah, I mean, I I didn't mind his tape so much, but the stuff he did on his combine and the um, the pro days, the, the kind of the insistence on no matter when the play's finished to keep attacking the person that you're doing your drills against, Mm. Just, I don't like that. I understand you want to kind of show up and, and show that you're committed, but you're going to be committed into a straitjacket if you do that in the NFL. You can't keep playing after the whistle goes. So, <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like a bit of a mess. I don't know that New Orleans is the right place for him either because I think he needs discipline, I think, and he needs to be kind of... And he's going to have to start straight away. straight, straight away as well. Exactly. Let me, let exactly. me put it this way. The, the Broncos are in for a right tackle. Um, and the Broncos are picking at the end of the second round. And there was some talk of potentially someone like Trevor Penning, depending on way, ways the draft goes, if there wasn't a run on tackles, that, that you know Penning could potentially drop to the end of the second round, which could, he could easily have done. I don't think there's, you know, with the number of trades that have happened, there's no reason why that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. I wouldn't have been all that happy with him falling to us at the end of the second round. And I think you get exactly what I'm saying yeah, by that. yeah. Um, to have gone and picked him in the middle of the first, me not like it. I don't like it. <laughs> not my thing. No likey. So that's the 19th pick. And now we hit number 20. Yeah. The Pittsburgh Steelers. And lo and behold, no <laughs> one has decided to pull the trigger on a QB at this point. So every single quarterback is in play. Malik Willis, who, you know, we had mocked at number two. and No, you had mocked at number two. I didn't was, have him mocked at number two. I didn't have him mocked in the first round. Great place for him to go. Um, but... There was a chance to take the guy with a big upside. And yeah, they, they did what, <laughs> thankfully, you uh, you prepped me for in the mock draft, Dave, um, in terms of my reactions. And yeah, they took um, Kenny Pickett. You know, at, at least they've now got it out of their system. So they fully scouted every single QB in this very weak draft. And maybe scheme fit, or maybe the type of player that offensive coordinator Matt Canada wants to use. Um, they decided that Kenny Pickett was their guy. Uh, at least it's done now, and I don't have to worry about them potentially taking a Matt Corral or a Sam Howell in the later rounds, like sneaking up on me in round four. So it's done. <laughs> the thing is, right, some teams are very good at scouting certain positions, but then other positions they just miss on. You know, The Steelers aren't very mm-hmm. good at drafting quarterbacks. There was a long period of time between Terry Bradshaw and Ben Roethlisberger, and you look at that 2003 draft, the Steelers just sat there and Ben fell to them. It wasn't like they just lucked out with that situation, you know. So 
They aren't very hey, good at drafting I'm... quarterbacks. Since Ben, they've drafted Landry Jones, Mason Rudolph, Joshua Dobbs, and Dennis Dixon. So since Oof. 2003, they've drafted four quarterbacks, and none of them have been good enough to uh, to take over or to threaten Ben's position in 18 seasons. It's it's like you, Dave. You know when you drafted Drew Lock, sorry Paxton Lynch, sorry Brock Osweiler. You know, just, I was just about that to say the ceiling isn't there to make it worth it. The Broncos have never, ever, ever drafted a good quarterback. <laughs> it's just never happened. Even John Elway, the Broncos didn't draft John Elway. No, the no. Baltimore Colts did. Yeah, We've I mean, never I went back drafted a few years a with those three. I could have gone back. Oh, I could have taken a lot more. Trevor going. Simeon and keep rolling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the problem I've got with with Kenny Pickett really is just the ceiling is not there to justify this when you've already got Mitch Trubisky. I, I can't see um, a marked jump between Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. No, I, I mean I I don't see a marked improvement between Rudolph and Pickett. That no. might be a little bit harsh. No, but. I just don't see it. I don't see anything special at all. Like, I mean, Daniel Jeremiah started talking about, oh, the main thing with him is accuracy. <laughs> well, it's not. I'm sorry. That's just not there. It's not, he's not a guy who put it in. Well, Minnie Willis has also got massive athleticism and yeah. his ability to absolutely dunk it 80 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> any, any other year, and he'd be a third-round pick. Yeah. Well, that's it's, why he's stayed on another plan. year. Because yeah. I, I saw a documentary with him and um, a few weeks ago, and he was saying after 2021, he was told he wasn't going first round. And he said, okay, well, if I'm not going to go first round, I'll go back and play one more year for Pittsburgh. And he did. And then he's gone into one of the weakest classes and he's managed to be the one guy that enough people said was pro-ready. He's 24 years old, so he's the oldest yeah. one out of the, the group. Um, well, the good news is you won't have to put up with him for too long then. No. <laughs> well, look, we, we've you can't be good at your first round every time. I think more more often than not, we do hit with our picks. We don't know how to draft a good quarterback, so you know I just have to chalk it up. It's like an Artie Burns pick. It's a Jarvis Jones pick. You know I've I've dealt with these before. They'll stick around for a few years. I doubt he'll get his his option picked up for fifth year. He might do because we've moved on Rudolph by that point. You know, um, so he's just hanging around the building, but he'll be cheap and. Maybe next year we'll go, okay, we can go again. Or in a couple of years, we'll go for something else. I don't know. Let's see how Trubisky there's, does, but I don't see there's, there's a three issues. There's three issues that I think I have with this pick. Number one, it's first round. Yeah. Um, and he's not very good. That's my first round. He's not good enough to There was to no clamour for QBs that, in the first round. No, no, no. No, you could have traded down and probably still got him at the end of the could've first. Got him in the second. You could have got him in the second. Yeah. That's that's the first issue. The second issue is I don't think he has... I mean, you can't lean on, as we've already said, that one thing that he does better than most. You can't say, well, he's a Lamar Jackson and can rip it up when he's on his feet, where he's got this massive arm or hands. Um, or, you know, there's nothing special that he does. He doesn't read the right. game. He's not, you know, you know what I'm saying. And the third thing, which I think is the big issue, is your team isn't built your offense isn't built to have a quarterback lean on it. So you haven't got this special receiver. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are fine in terms of receiver. I think you're okay. You know, but you haven't got this star-studded receiver core that, that a rookie quarterback can come in and really sort of lean on to those guys. And there's nothing wrong with it. I don't think many teams have that sort of star receiver quartet. But you guys certainly don't have it, especially with losing um, Juju as well. And I don't think you have necessarily the offensive line that can really, really help. 
Um, I think it's a position where you could probably improve. I know you've made some points in the off season, but until you see it happening, I don't know if that's um, you know a position group that you can really rely on. So you have to really hope that he comes in and makes a massive improvement, and you're able to build uh, a process around him that's going to allow him to flourish. Similar to what New England did with uh, Mac Jones. Mac, they don't have this fantastic. Uh, receive a call, but they're able to give him enough time in the pocket to be able to do the things that he needs to do and progress as a quarterback. And that's what you have to do now. Simple yeah. as that. So good news is that to start him straight away. So we have got a, a, a starter in the league that we've brought across on the cheap deal. So let's see what happens in training camp and see, you know, there's obviously going to be some sort of, some, um, some sort of competition there. And one of them will win out. I'm guessing Mitch will probably win out first of all, because they don't need yeah. to start Kenny Pickett. Um, and see how that goes. See how Mitch works out in the offense. He might be really good. You just don't, you just don't know. Um, and what we can also do now is we can still go out and salvage the rest of this draft. So we're the one thing we can do is pick up wide receivers. We can find them anywhere in the draft, and they come in and they will be awesome. So I'm fully expecting tonight to watch us in round two or round three take a wide receiver. Someone like a, a Christian Watson or, a, you know, a George Pickens or someone. You love Christian Watson, don't you? I do love Christian <laughs> Watson or even a Bo Melton or someone, you know, someone that is just a, oh, just Sky a name. Moore. Sky Moore. Or Scott, well, I think Sky Moore is too well known, so he'll go. But I think it's going to be someone that they will find. They know they've got these hidden gems later on in the draft they can they can lean on. About um, Romeo, Romeo Dubes. Could be, could be dupes, could be anyone. You know, they can look at the O line and the D line. They can hopefully add another cornerback as well, just to get some more depth in there. So, you know, it's some, right. so we look at some of these drafts where you've got multiple picks in the first round, for example. You, you take um, Cleveland Farrell at four, and you take a, a yeah, better yeah. player later. Or you just you just switch them around in your head. You know, so your second round pick could just just imagine they were your first round pick, and can you pick it was your second or third? If you yeah. really luck out in in day two and day three, then. It doesn't really matter. You look at the whole draft class and and then make a decision on on how it's gone. Ra- Raiders did that last last year, didn't they? They picked up uh, the Alabama tackle. His name name of Alex Leatherwood. Leatherwood, and then they picked up a guy in the second round who was, I think, a linebacker, mm. maybe a defensive interior, and he was had a first round grade. And I remember Punk saying, "You switch those two in your head, and you're happy with them, and that's where we've ended up." So let's move on from that. One yeah. thing I will say, and that is a big positive, and I think anyone who this might not make sense to a lot of people, but Jim, this will absolutely safety. Trace on Merrick, that was it, yeah. Now, Jim, this will make perfect sense to you. It may not make sense to a lot of people, but Jim, you will know exactly what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But be thankful because you absolutely, I think you, the Steelers, were absolutely going to take a quarterback in this round. Yeah. In this draft. Just be thankful that it's not Spencer Rattler. <laughs> he had the you see you know exactly what I'm saying with that. Yeah. Be thankful he had the year that he did and that he's not in this draft because that would have ruined your franchise. So just be thankful of that. Kenny Pickett is the second best QB in this draft, as far as I'm concerned. In a, in a terrible QB draft, he was the second best player. So at least we didn't get the third or the fourth or the fifth best player, in my opinion. So we've got someone who's he's not terrible, he's just not not amazing. And when you're looking mm. at the AFC quarterback list. You you looking at you know it's a bit like you remember Space Jam right the Michael Jordan one not the um the LeBron James <laughs> the other one, one. <laughs> not the LeBron James one but you remember when the kind of monsters come in and there's like four or five of them just kind of crowding over this little little Tweety bird that's yeah. how it feels like if you haven't got a monster QB in the AFC right now if you haven't You're telling got, me well 
yeah, I mean, you had to go and give up the bar- give up the entire barn for uh, for Russell Wilson, and we still got a bargain in your division. So, you know, that's a lot of money. The thing is, with with Kenny Pickett, is keeping on the uh, the theme of Space Jam, he doesn't feel like that Tweety Bird standing there with a big monster standing over him. That's not how he feels. He's like Charles Barkley, who has his talent stolen. Oh, you know, he, he's, he, he's walking. He's walking along, and there's some dudes like Charles Barkley come and play, and he like can't dribble. And like you're not Charles Barkley. Get out of here. That's Kenny Pickett. Although I must say, his girlfriend might be the most beautiful girlfriend out of all of them that you've seen. But it's so all far. worked she out. Was- it's all worked Rock out for him. Let's yeah. move on. We've got some other other teams to talk about here, Dave. So uh, after that, yeah. so that was that was obviously pretty important for me. Uh, pick twenty one. The Chiefs moved up, so they uh, had to deal with the Patriots. They gave up the 29th, 94th, and hundred twenty first pick to go up to twenty one and take Trent McDuffie, a cornerback from uh, Washington. He's a very good cornerback, you know. I think after you've got past Stingley and Source, uh, McDuffie was the consensus. Other first round legit talent at cornerback so i, I can't understand what i I've was done running there. i was running through and i was as, as it was coming out i was thinking okay this is who the team's going to go for now this is who they're going to go for now mm-hmm. this is who they're going to go for now i got 15 out of 32 doing it that way which you would kind of expect because you're doing it live and you're never going to have a player who's not eligible there you've yeah. got the options on the board yeah as soon as it came up i looked at the list and went trim the yeah. Why would they not? They're not going to go for a wide receiver in this position because the value isn't there and they can get one in the second round. Mm-hmm. They need corner help. Why would you not? I mean, literally, it's them or nothing. And Why they got to 12 picks going into the draft and they said the most amount yeah, of picks absolutely. going in. So they might as well package some up and get rid of them. So yeah. as soon as they traded up, I said, Trent McDuffie, done. Well done. And that's, that's exactly well. what happened. It's not a case of well done. It's they did the well. obvious thing. <laughs> Which in, in a draft, when you do the obvious thing, that's the best thing that you can do because it means exactly. all the signs are pointing towards it being correct. And it, it was a yeah. complete no-brainer. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, talking of no-brainers, the Packers come in at, uh, at 22. <laughs> yes, I didn't say. They went with a linebacker. Okay. So, we yeah. knew they weren't going to go wide receiver because they're the Packers. But of all the linebackers, Devin Lloyd was the only one that we had mocked into the first round. I think a lot of people I love the Devin same opinion. They went, they went for Key, Key Walker from Georgia. So, I don't know. This seems like a massive reach for me. I know he played in the Georgia front seven, but... Well, let me, let we, me give you some numbers. justify this? Let me give you some numbers, okay? Sure. So, Pro Football Network had him ranked 68th best player overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah had him ranked the 34th best player overall. Because... Uh, Tank had him... Well, I'll come back to that in a minute as well. Mm-hmm. Tankatong had him ranked 54th and PFF had him ranked 45th. I didn't have him in my top in my top 32. I had him at 47 on my list. Yeah. So the highest person, the highest person who ranked him was Daniel Jeremiah. And this is why I'm going to say come back to it. I can either do it now at the end, but what I've done is put in the grades of everyone that was drafted and looked between the four of those and myself. I would I was middle order, so I'm not going to say any more than that. But the person who was most accurate in terms of their grades and where people went was Daniel Jeremiah by quite some way. I know you don't like him, Jim, but that's I mean I'll do the same again for round two and round three. But that's yeah. purely factual. His grades were matched better than anyone else. There was some in there which were ridiculous. But I think he was also helped by that Derek Stingley trade because he had him ranked really, really high in terms of talent. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Packers with their first pick of the night. And I don't get it. Quay I don't Walker. get it. Quay Walker. Yeah. So then we're into pick 23 where 
the Ravens took this pick from the Cardinals for Hollywood Brown. Uh-huh. So the Cardinals have got Hollywood Brown. The Ravens had this pick. Then the Bills, sorry, then the Ravens move out of this pick for the Bills, who moved up, and they took Kyrie Lamb, the cornerback from Florida. Now we know yes. that the Bills need a cornerback help, and they've just seen Trent McDuffie go off the board. So they're like, well, if we're going to take one, we might as well move up and take the guy that we for the guy we love. We, we still exactly. want. Yeah. So fair enough. We've still got two more and trade ups in this round. More importantly, get in ahead of the Cowboys because the Cowboys are coming next. And I think everyone yes. was expecting the Cowboys to go for a defensive back. Mm. And so they stayed at their position. I mean, last year the Cowboys moved out of their pick. Uh, this year they stayed in it and they went with Tyler Smith from Tulsa. Dave, the mm. guy that you had mocked in the first round from Tulsa. Tyler yeah, Smith. And you laughed. You laughed at me. I had I had <laughs> He's Tyler not a first Smith. rounder to me. I had Tyler Smith going to the Cowboys. Mm. What happened? Tyler Smith went to the Cowboys. You have to start recognizing my genius. <laughs> Just basking my genius, will you? You might yeah. get a suntan. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm not sure about that one. I know that they've got issues on that O line, you know. <laughs> It's, I'll go back to exactly what I said in, in the mock draft, you know, for him to come in, I don't think he's necessarily pro ready right now, but he's the best fit for that offense. If they stick with that offense, um, he's the best fit for that offense. And I think he can come in and really learn from the guys around him because the guys around him are, you know, they've still got the remnants of the all pro line that they've had for so long yeah. and they can go in there and really learn. And you know, as well as I do that when you have tackles and guards, they learn best and you know come into their own in sort of year three well year two year three year four so if, if you can have them around real studs at the game and you know guys who are going to help them develop why not why not go up and, and get the guy that you really want and think that you've got the he, he's got the highest ceiling i think it makes perfect sense and for the cowboys to do it they must really believe in him as well because we know that they love a flashy headline yeah as long as tyron smith's still in the building then you can hopefully impart some knowledge but Yes. Yeah, it seems a bit it seems a bit of a reach for me. I think that was more a positional need rather than best player available. Seems a bit too high up. Oh, 100%. 100% it was a positional need. Then the Ravens finally do it and go and take a pick here. After they took uh, Carl Hamilton earlier on, but they've moved down twice now and they're at 25. So they took uh Tyler Linderbaum, center from Iowa. So that's the first center off the board. He's very good for a start, mm-hmm. okay? Um Slightly smaller arms, I think, was the knock on him, right? So he's a, he's a bit small for a centre. He's very good at his athleticism; is improved because of it. But he could get knocked over if you if you well, you can't leave him alone with Jordan Davis, for example. <laughs> I, you can leave I, many people alone with Jordan Davis, but you know, um, yeah, definitely you couldn't leave someone like Tyler Linderbaum alone. His high side is very, you know, is very apparent. I think he's one of those guys who is really going to give you uh, stability on the offensive line. Uh, most team, one of the reasons he's fallen is because he's a safety and only a safety. Oh, sorry, he's a center, center. and only a center. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's not one of those guys like, remember a couple of years ago when Cesar Ruiz went to uh, the Saints? Saints. Yeah. And one of the reasons he went to the Saints is because he can play center or he can play guard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Linderbaum is a guy who will play center and center only. And that's one of the reasons he fell. Um, if this was a draft purely on talent and there was no need for every team. So everyone was being drafted based purely on like a Madden rating system. Talent yeah. Linderbaum would probably go top five. because so I think he's that good. Uh, the problem is he's, he's a center. The impact isn't there and it was a positional need. And it's 
the the fact that the Ravens have already picked and this isn't their first uh, pick in the in the draft. Their yeah. first pick in the draft. I think it makes perfect sense for them. It's also a good scheme fit for them. You know, they didn't have a running game Absolutely. last year, but that wasn't their fault. So with the running game back, that's going he's gonna be very important for that. And of course, Lamar Jackson loves to run it as well. So he he will like that pick. He didn't obviously we didn't care much about the the Kyle Hamilton pick, but I'm sure Lamar will be happy about uh, having uh, Tyler Linderbaum snapping the ball to him. 26, and we've got another move up for the Jets this time through the Titans. So Titans moved down again. The Titans got the 35th, 69th, and 163rd pick, but they had to give the Jets the 26th and 101st pick. And with that, the Jets took Jermaine Johnson, who is one of the best edge uh, talents in this draft out of Florida State. I think... I have to call it that the Jets had the best first round in this draft. I think they hit everything they were supposed to. And that's three top talent players that they've got. And then to get one at 26 as well. They've just had a couple of very good drafts. I think they're going in completely the right direction. Yeah, I think, they, I think again, they've done, they've done a very good job um, in drafting where they need to, um, position-wise and player-wise. I, I, the one thing I would say with, the Jets is that they still have holes. Um, so moving around to pick the right player is great. Let's not, because this this is a draft where you can really fill a lot of holes. So let's not give mm-hmm. up too much capital as we go in along because you've yeah. still got well, positions. They got two, they got two picks fill. back though. So it was, it was a switch on the second round pick, I believe. Yeah. Switch on the third and um, giving up a second basically to to get Jermaine Johnson. And they've, they've yeah, had problems just... attacking from the edge. They're good up the middle on the defence, but they haven't got that many edge rushes. So Jermaine Johnson a massive injection. This was the right move. It absolutely was the right move. But now, because this has paid off and because you've made a couple of moves that have really worked, let's not get trigger happy. Let's <laughs> get where you are. Don't get cocky. Don't go and, yeah, don't go and give up the farm and go and get one player and be you know, convinced that he's going to change you know, change the organisation for you. Just say, look, we've got three guys. We've done re- three first-round talents. We've done really, really well. Now let's just go and make sensible choices in you know second, third, and fourth rounds, um, yeah. and hope if you can hit on fifty percent of your um, sort of fourth round onwards, then you've done really well. So just be oh, yeah. make sure that you're doing that more than anything. You don't need to be trading here, there, and everywhere now. Same goes we, for the Jags as well. Yeah, we've got one more trade up, and that was the um, the Jacksonville Jaguars moved up into the well twenty seventh pick rather than the thirty second. Um, sorry, thirty. 33rd pick so their first pick in the second round they gave up to the Bucks along with the 106th pick and the 180th pick and that was to take what we believe was the consensus number one linebacker in the draft and that's Devin Lloyd out of Utah uh, yeah. this is a great pick for them you know they've they've lost Miles Jack to the Steelers so this guy's going to come in and kind of take over that center of the field role um, he's a sideline to sideline guy I think this is a great pick for them um, they were forced to take the number one overall pick in some ways because they could get out of it. But between Trayvon Walker and Devin Lloyd, that is a massive kick in the pants to uh, to that defense. So, yeah, yeah that's, if that's, you that's look, good. If you now look at that sort of defensive front line that they've got, linebacking core and, uh, and uh, defensive front, you've got Trayvon Walker, Josh Allen, mm-hmm. Devin Lloyd, um, Olakun, Clavon Chason, who was a first rounder a couple of years ago, you know, and uh, the lad who they got from the Jets, Fatakusan, Fatakusi, I can't remember yeah. his name, it's something like Fatsakia, that. That's a Lukon. Yeah, so that is. Fatakia Lukon. 
is an absolutely phenomenal. No, Fatakusi is his last name. He came from. Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Is he? No, he I was, was thinking of Foyasade Alucon. Sorry. Yeah. And Alucon as well. Yeah, I forgot about him. So that <laughs> defense, all of a sudden, that Jacksonville defense has gone from being holy to feeling a little bit more. This might be a bit of a reach, but feeling a bit more like the Washington defense. You know, we just got high young draft talent at the front of it, which is going to cause absolute havoc. Mm-hmm. I think they could still do with an extra edge rusher. I uh, don't particularly like Arden Key, but there we go. Um, but it feels like Jacksonville have got real defensive talent now rather than just being a bit loose. If that means. They've always been, always in recent years, just been a bit loose and now they're getting real, real talent. So yeah, good moves for the Jacks. But again, don't start moving around too much. Now just say, look, we've got real talent. Let's now just keep on drafting well rather than moving everywhere, here, there and everywhere to go and get guys that you think are yeah. value that potentially aren't. Second pick then for the Packers at 28, and they took Devontae Wyatt, of course, defensive tackle from Georgia. Uh, Very good player. I wanted him mocked to uh, the Steelers rather than a quarterback. But uh, because I've gone for it again, improving the D-line. Wide receiver. Yeah. No, I'm not having it. They need need receivers. Um, At this point, George Pickens is going to just go and get him. Yeah, they, they really aren't trying to help out Aaron Rodgers, are they? So, no. um, Devontae Wyatt, although an, a very good talent, definitely a first-round talent has been taken there. That's the Packers doing what they do. The New England Patriots doing what they do at 29. Uh, they've moved down, obviously, already in this draft, and they've taken Cole Strange, the guard from what a strange Chattanooga. I've got, to, I've got to put my hands up. I didn't, because he's not a first or indeed second rounder, as far as I was concerned, at guard, I didn't properly look at him. So, I don't know. Apparently, he's very physically talented. But um, I've watched some of his film since. Mm -hmm. Um, Looks big, looks strong. Yeah, looks fine. I mean, he's he's, this is the most Patriots of Patriots pick that you could have you could have made, really, picking up a guy that they love and no one else does. They um, they shifted Shaq Mason over to Tampa, didn't they? So, kind of makes sense. They're going to be backfilling that line. Um, so um, again, I'll give you some stats. Uh, PFN had him ranked uh, the 134th best player. Um, Tankathon had him ranked 84th. Uh, PFF had him ranked 86th. And uh, Daniel Jeremiah, our good friend, had him unranked in his top 100. <laughs> well, that's only the top 100. So, you know, I'm only sure the top it was 101 or so. Um, must have been. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there, Cole Strange from Chattanooga. It's such a Patriots pick, isn't it? They scour the earth for for interior linemen from these places, and they must have seen something they like there. And yeah, he's overall it's a first PFF round pick. grade. First round pick. Well, his overall PFF grade uh, this year was seventy eight point eight, and if you compare that to other interior guards, so guards who have been taken. Um, so if you look at um, Kenyon Green, for example, Texas yeah. A&M, his rating was 81.9. So there or thereabouts in terms yeah. of the PFF ranking. So yeah. if you fall in love with the guy, why not pull the trigger on it? He might be amazing. Great name. Um, and they obviously didn't think he would fall to 54, Strange which is name. their second round pick. So we've got three to go. First up, the Chiefs with their second pick because they moved up. They had their second pick down here at 30 and they took uh, George Karloftis, the edge from Purdue. Looking very private pile. I don't know about you, Dave, but that gave he's, me full metal jacket flashbacks. Well, he's a guy who I used to like more than you did. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't like him now because he's, he's one of those. He's a chief. Uh, Rush is from the left side, and we don't really have that much of a right tackle. So 
uh, yeah. <laughs> watch out yeah it'd be interesting the good news is that russell wilson will see him coming so you know um you you said i don't necessarily agree with this awfully but you said he was more of a uh, an accompanying rush talent rather than yes. a guy who's going to lead lead the rush mm-hmm. um i think he can develop into being a lead rush but uh i mean it's good for him that he's got talent on that chiefs offensive line with him uh defensive line with him so to speak mm. so he can go in there and learn um but he's going to need to do it quick because there's a lot of quarterback talent and Derek Carr in the AFC West. Was not even playing the game for eight years since moving from Greece? So yeah, still lots, of, lots of, uh, lots of potential there. Number thirty-one. Well, you didn't like Carl Loftus to the Chiefs. I did not like Daxton Hill going to the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> safety from Michigan. Oh no, this guy's bloody good, and he can play cornerback in a pinch if he needs to as well. This is uh, this is a massive hole filled for the the Bengals. I know they've got some good uh, safeties already, like Jesse Bates, but. Daxton Hill is, he'll play a lot of dime and nickel packages and stuff. He'll, he'll be used extensively. He is very, Any, very good. Anyone, anyone who doesn't know nickel and dime packages, basically what that means is it means you're a zone corner who can read the game. Um, and it's a specialist position now. You know, mm-hmm. th- there are players who will be drafted and will be taken in free agency because they can play nickel and corner, uh, nickel and dime packages. Yeah. All the nickel and dime packages is where you have an extra defensive back on, basically. Um, and the fact that the Bengals can now do that in the AFC and they have a guy who can come in and read the game and really give additional coverage where needed uh, is a big, big plus for them, like massive plus for them. So, yeah, well done, the Bengals. The last pick of the first round, and this was where the Vikings fell down to after trading with the uh, the Lions, allowing the division rival to go up and get Jamison Williams. Anyway, uh, they picked up Lewis Seen, the safety from Georgia. Again, another Georgia player. That was the fifth Georgia defensive player that got taken in the first round. Um, I mean, it's fine. The, the Vikings definitely needed secondary help. Probably needed the cornerback, but they didn't feel that there was one better than Seen. Uh, for secondary yeah. so best player available so, on the boards, I'm assuming I so I'm going to bring up this guy now Andrew Booth um, yep. I had as soon as the as soon as the Vikings dropped down to 30 uh, 32 rather and they were there I thought well they'll pick Andrew Booth because they need cornerback help um, mm. it's good for them that they didn't because I don't think he's a particularly good player <laughs> you don't rate him um, but he is very no, good no I, I don't rate him and it's not just because he's Clemsonite um, I, I just think someone like Lewis Seen is is uh, a better player, but it's, it's difficult because you're right with the num- with the f- total five defensive picks for Georgia. I think it'd be rubbish next year, by the way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's well, it's like LSU, taken. isn't it? LSU got destroyed. Oh, LSU got destroyed, absolutely destroyed. Mm. Um, and yeah, so you, the the Bulldogs are going to be rubbish next year. But the, there's five Bulldogs on there, and how much of these guy, how much of these are first round talents, and how much of it is because they're part of that brilliant unit? So yeah. taking the fifth of five Georgia Bulldogs in the first round might end up being a little bit of a, a reach, but Lewis team was always mm. solid. He was always good on protection and um, good at picking up runners as well. So there we go, guys. That was the first round. There are still a lot of, a lot of good players available. We haven't touched a, a running back yet. We haven't touched a tight end mm. yet. Um, you know, there are still players like Nakobe Dean, Andrew Booth, who you just mentioned, Arnold Abakiti that we had mocked in the first round didn't go. David Ajabo, great player, but had the injury yep. on his pro day, which is the only reason he didn't go in the first round. Um, Boya Mafe, Christian Watson, Sky Moore. Um, let's yeah. let's quickly do Jaylen some Petra awards. Jalen Petra didn't go in the first round. 
let's quickly do some awards. Um, mm. So you've mentioned that your winner is the New York Jazz. I'm going to go for I the Lions. So. Okay. I'm going to go for the Lions. The only reason being, I think Aiden Hutchinson fills a hole. I think they moved up to get a solid wide receiver to really help out their quarterback. So, and you know, I've got love for the Lions as well. I, in all honesty, I'd probably pick the, I'd pick the Jets as well. But you've picked them, so I'm going for that alternative pick. I think, I think the Lions have come out of this happy. Giants actually got the got. right picks as well with Thibodeau and Evan Neal. Yep. You know, two guys that were in the months leading up to this draft, yeah. competent number they, one. <laughs> like, they're, so, better, they're better this morning than they were yesterday, which is oh, all you can ask for. Oh, by a mile. Seahawks um, did really well taking the right player rather than reaching, you know, and the Eagles as well, I think, did really well. Yeah, Eagles did just about so well. Um, so, who gets the wooden spoon? Other than the Packers, because we know the Packers are really <laughs> Packers aren't good at drafting bed. anyway. So <laughs> taking Key Walker or Quay Walker or uh, whatever you want to call it, and um, Key Walker and Devon, but I like Devonte Wyatt. You know, I'm, I'm going to. I mean, obviously the Steelers have whiffed with their pick. Uh, I, I fully don't expect it to work out. You know, you can kind of dress it up as much as you like, but I don't see a guy that is going to ever completely eclipse what Mitch Trubisky can be in the league. So what was the point? You could have taken a lot of other players there that could help us out. Um, so at the moment, with just one pick done, still it's got to be down the bottom of that list. Um, other than that, people have done okay. Do you know who my Again, worst it's is? such a good draft of players. There's, a, there's like a really good quality of player here. So My worst are right now, Mm. are the Seattle Seahawks. No, because no. I think, listen, listen, because they didn't have a first-round pick because they traded that for a safety. So they had no first-round picks. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Now, they didn't have, uh, they don't have uh, a quarterback at all. No. Uh, well, I mean, they've got Drew Locke and Tyler Huntley. I can't remember who the other one is. Um, but it's Gino so Smith, they don't have, <laughs> Gino Smith, exactly. So they Tyler don't have Huntley's a first-round pick. They didn't have a first-round pick. They traded their franchise quarterback away and replaced him with a tackle. Now, these are, this is a tackle who we said would get drafted to the Seahawks and has. Um, but, I, you know, they could have been uber-aggressive and gone up and really sort of tried to fill a hole and get real talent because tackles don't win you games, um, especially when they're not protecting anyone who's half-decent. I now predict that they will go and get Baker Mayfield. I think he will now sort of go to Seattle. I think it makes perfect sense. Uh, but they've come out of the first round having got a tackle mm. when everyone else around them has been uber aggressive and they've just kind of sat back and are they any better than they were yesterday? Not really. Are they going to win, win they, any they more are. games? They are. Let, let's, let's put this out there then. So, okay, I don't want to go too much longer, but um, let's say that the Seahawks tonight, before the, the second round, they go to Cleveland and say, look, we're willing to take Baker Mayfield off your hands. He's going to cost you 18 million. So bung us a sixth round pick and we'll say no more. Yeah. So you give us a sixth that, round pick and Baker Mayfield and we'll take him off your hands. You don't have to pay any money. We'll pay the full guarantee. We'll, we'll guarantee the full contract. Um, and we'll, we'll get a deal sorted with him, you know, now for an extension. Then they've got, they then they can that. say to Baker, we want you here to be a starter straight away. And here's Charles Cross to defend you. Basically, Come and join us. We've still got DK Metcalf. We've still got um, Tyler Lockett. We've got pieces that we, you can throw to. Come and be the the guy here in Seattle. We're, we're 
screaming out for a new guy to to get behind. And this Baker is what I'm saying. If they if they do that, then it makes sense, and that is the way that they should go. In that should be their future. Go That's and get Baker. Conference. Give him all. Give him all of these. Yeah. Give him all of these pieces that they've put in place. You know that can help him. Mm-hmm. But right now, that's not where they are, Jim. Let's right see what now, happens tomorrow. They so. they have a weak team, and they've entered into a first round where everyone around them has been uber aggressive. Mm-hmm. They've got teams with multiple picks here, there, and everywhere. They've just picked up a tackle, and I like Charles <laughs> Cross. You know, I'm a big Charles Cross fan but it doesn't help them in their areas of need where there's a lot of teams who've come out of this in the NFC, especially significantly mm-hmm. better, significantly better. The only thing, well, the only thing that's a blessing for them is no one else in their, no one else in their conference in, in the NFC West has actually improved because no one's really had any picks. No, I know Marquis <laughs> Brown has gone to the uh, Cardinals, but yeah, it doesn't really count all, all in all. This was a quiet night for the NFC. Yeah. Uh, as, as it's going to be for a long time uh, but I mean <laughs> we, night one is the kind of the flashy night but night two is where you really start improving your team so this is where you pick up multiple with the two rounds you've got multiple picks in there this is where you can yep. really start changing the way your team's going to look uh, come September so yep. so tonight we have round two wait. and round three can't um, wait for this one. 10 minutes on the clock again each team mm-hmm. is it still 10 minutes or did it drop to eight I think when it drops it drop? to eight I think it drops to eight after the second round um, yeah, and night night two is the one you want to watch. Number two, number one because it you know it's Friday night. You can have a few beers and it's all good. But they also get guest speakers come in and do the picks. Yeah, so you get old players. You get Make a Wish kids. That Make a Wish kid was amazing for the Giants. Yeah, what, a, yeah. what an announcement. He was brilliant. Um, <laughs> so you get all of that coming in, and you get what what happened previously with the Cowboys and the uh, the pick for Chidobi uh, Rousier. And it's a bit more fun. And you've got two rounds, so it's quick. And before you know it, it's constantly coming in. This is the one you want to watch. Yeah. And there'll still be more, lots of more trades as well. So, yeah, it's going to go all over the place. We'll be back, obviously, once it's all over. So we won't do a a day two recap, but we'll wait until the dust has settled um, after the the end of the seventh round. We'll have a look at all the the draft and and who's kind of really done well and who hasn't. Uh, And then that'll be us signing off for the summer. So, um stick around guys we'll still be putting some stuff out for patreon um in the next week or so anyway just to kind of tie up uh the 2021-22 season um but hopefully you've enjoyed this round one recap and uh, we're back very soon with the next one the big one uh with punk as well but until then i've been jim that's been never dave thank you very much for listening Ha, ha, ha.